This is the Parent Life Podcast, and I'm Jason Stanlin. This week, we are joined by Dr. Brent Crow. Brent Crow is the Vice President of Student Leadership University. Student Leadership University is a leadership conference experience for middle school and high school students that spans over four years and amazing locations. Starts in Orlando or San Antonio, goes to D.C., then London, Oxford, Normandy, Paris, and concludes in Israel and Jordan. An amazing, amazing uh, leadership experience each year. SLU presents students with the rules and tools of leadership by providing Christian leadership training. Their goal is to awaken the leaders of tomorrow among the teenagers of today. This is not just for spiritual leadership, but leadership in the community, business, and even politics. SLU takes a different approach to leadership because it believes that leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. So everything they do is from a Christian perspective, and it is top notch. We take students as a church here at Fruit Cove Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. We take students every year to Student Leadership University, and I highly endorse it. I'm actually a graduate of their program. Yes, uh, many years ago as a high school student, uh, I was actually in the program, and I completed all four years, and it is still what I would consider one of the most important experiences of my teenage life. So Brent and I have known each other for some time now. Uh, We've become friends, and we're now both dads. Uh, So when we began the journey of raising up leaders. We were just youth pastors, and so we were actually raising up leaders of other people's kids. Now, as dads, we seek the same goals of raising leaders within our families, within our children. Um, So join me in this exciting conversation with Brent as we talk about what does it mean to raise leaders. All right. Well, man, thanks for joining us, um, and thank you for giving us some time. So, uh, Brent, why don't you just start by telling the parents a little about Student Leadership University and kind of your journey with this organization? Well, thank you, Jason. Uh, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be on the the, the Parent Life podcast, um, especially the Hoarders edition. I know yes. that you picked me out <laughs> specifically for that, for those that are listening, then you're being spared the image that is behind me right now. But those that are watching on YouTube or some other platform, the uh, I was chosen. Jason wanted me because he knows I'm a hoarder. That's it. Uh, That's he really knows it that right uh, I just we're in the process of moving my offices. And so behind me is nothing but a mountain of 25 years of books from doing ministry and chasing ideas and <laughs> doing all of those things. But I have the privilege. Um, uh, my my real SOU office looks much nicer than this, I promise you. I have the privilege of serving at Student Leadership University, and that's a leadership development journey for middle and high school students. And what what we seek to do is to give students a 15 to 20 year, really a head start in how to think and how to dream and how to lead at the feet of Jesus. And I know in a little bit later on in our conversation, Jason, we'll, we're going to talk about leadership. We, we take a, philosophically speaking, uh, and I think this would be incredibly relevant to a parent, we take a pretty different approach to that topic, that mega giant topic of leadership. And uh, but yeah, that's that's essentially what we do. Our, our organization has existed. We're actually coming up, believe it or not, on 30 years. 
Wow. I have not been around that long of the, sure you have, of the life of the organization. You started huh? when you were one. That's all right. Yeah, I started when I was one. I'll take that actually right now. <laughs> As someone who is in their mid-40s with six kids, parent yeah. life is very relevant. Uh, but no, we we uh, we started almost 28 years ago. Dr. Jay Strack was our founder, is our founder and president. Um, with the idea of that students could handle more and what would that look like? And really the leadership development journey just kind of evolved over the years, but it evolved primarily because he listened. And now hopefully we all listen uh, to student pastors, to the students and to the parents. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun thing, man. It keeps us hopping, brother. It keeps us hopping. We're on our toes all the time and it's evolved into you know, we have a, a full-fledged tour. We just mm-hmm. finished this past weekend. We we uh, have four what are called youth pastor summits, which we do uh, across the country. And it is, uh, it's, it's all I'll say is it's a little busy around our yep. shop. We get a little window of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas where um, I just kind of go, hey, if you need me, see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it though yeah yeah summers are very busy for you with uh SOU 101 201 301 401 uh and for our parents who aren't fully aware of that it's a leadership program that takes students around the world um, I'm actually a graduate of the program back in 2005 I graduated the program uh, I was very young uh back then yeah uh, and yes. so yeah and it's an excellent program I actually and- attended I actually attended in 2001 as a youth pastor brought a group I found my old syllabus the <laughs> other day and I was 2001, like 2001 man, man. I, but anyways yeah we've yeah. been doing this for a long time so we bring our students uh middle school and high school to the program and so we're uh we love SLU and Brent and the guys there so Um, So let's talk about leadership, big, massive topic. But again, the Christian slant and towards parents, what are the principles of Christian leadership that you would say a a parent wants their kid to know? Um, And then some of those are, you know, content that you you provide. So what would you say those main principles are? Mm. Well, I'm going to just answer that on a very personal level. I mean, I have I have six amazing, crazy, chaotic, beautiful, courageous, uh, knucklehead kids, right. Of my own. They're all that all the time. And by by the way, that's not parent talk. We're, we are all that all the time. Yes. Every human being is a walking conundrum. I, um, I want my kids to believe that they're on a journey and that that journey slash pilgrimage, when I say on a journey, I don't mean some little Pinterest posts that you can right. turn into a sticker and put on the back of your car. Hmm. I mean, they're on a pilgrimage that just as the psalmist wrote, happy are the people whose strength is in you, O Lord, and whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, that they have been called, as Paul would say, with a holy calling yeah. to go on a journey that will end or culminate with them stepping foot in the heaven country. And between the beginning of that journey and when they step foot in the heaven country, God allows them to tell a story with their lives. And there's only one kind of story to tell. And that's that's the kind that has redemption as its central theme and the redeemer 
as uh, the central character slash hero of the story. And in, in fact, I, 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 t- I would tell parents, if you're not discipling your children so that Jesus is the hero of their story, uh, then you're doing it wrong. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a brash way, a harsh way. If, if, but if my it's kids grow up, way. it's just a true way. If I, my kids grow up and they're far from God, but they think their dad's a hero, boy, I've really messed up. Mm-hmm. I have really messed up. So, um, you know, there's there's this this idea where they it's their story to tell. All right. You go, what does that have to do with leadership? Everything. Uh, because the story that we tell determines the influence that we have. And so I'd say if I had to sum it all down into just one kind of idea, as opposed to a long list of principles, it would be I'm trying to equip my own children. If I want them to be leaders in this world, to tell the right kind of story. And if they tell the right kind of story, it will impact uh, a multiplicity of other stories. In fact, if they tell the right kind of story, Jason, it'll be imitatable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the goal is to tell a story. Paul talked this way, didn't he? He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He was not, he wasn't talking about everything I do. He was actually in a big discussion on freedom in Christ. He's like, Hey, I know how to live. Right. Practically right. speaking, I know how to use my freedom on it in a daily basis. It's you can imitate me. I figured this thing out. And that isn't that kind of the goal that to live a life that has redemption as the theme, the redeemer is the hero. So that if someone imitates it, they draw closer to Jesus. And right. so that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm aiming for with my uh, beautiful football team that I have that are all my kids. <laughs> well, you're halfway there for the football team. Halfway there for the football team. Uh, Basketball team is one on the bench. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I love this idea that it's not just about leading even ourselves, our career is about leading others to Christ as we pursue Christ. It's all this big, massive thing that yeah. is just the Christian life. Um, and it's not overly complicated either. So let me follow up with this uh, statement slash question that I want to pose to you because I've heard you say it. Can anybody be a leader? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and, you know, I'm right, too, because I have my doctorate degree. So that means anything. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That arrogance. I'm just joking. That was a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The uh, uh, it helps. It It does help a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I got my PhD so I could dress the way I wanted to. And then people had to still take me seriously. That was my main motivation. That's a good um, The no, I, you know, the, 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 the idea that influence and this is tribal, it was seen very strongly in the, in the aristocracy in Europe throughout, you know, 14, 15, 16, 1700s, even 1800s. But the idea is, but it's very tribal in other continents. The idea that influencers, the leaders of our, our, cultures, subcultures, nation states, whatever it may be, that that's reserved for those who were born into a certain mm-hmm. lineage or related to the right people. For the elite. You know, it's it's easy for us, Jason, to say anybody can be a leader now, but that's a very countercultural statement when you look at the broad picture of history. Um, but when you go further back and look at the scriptures, <laughs> yeah. then we see that God didn't use certain people born of a certain lineage all the time. Yeah. Now he did at times. I mean, the people that were in Christ's lineage throughout the Old Testament are all part of different covenants, ultimately leading up to the new covenant, which is Christ. Obviously, they're part of a lineage. But the people that were in that lineage were very diverse. Mm-hmm. 
And then obviously he used a lot of people outside of his own lineage. I mean, you know, it, it, there's some, there's some cats in scripture that no one would have said, let me put them on my leadership team. Right. And so you just don't see that strict leadership is only for a sect of society in the scripture. So the way I'll say it oftentimes is that leadership capacity and potential exists in every Christian, but you got to cultivate it. Right. And if you don't, then it lies dormant and you never, you know, you never meet your potential and fulfill what you could for the glory of God. And, and I would almost turn that into a prayer for our kids. You know, it's mm. like, you know, hey, God used me in a simple way. You know, I'm just a middle school pastor. And in the grand scheme of the world, that's not a super influential person. But, you know, if that's what the Lord chooses to glorify himself and elevate me to, you know, that's still a position of influence and leadership. And we should, as parents, pray that over our children, like Jesus turned them into a person of influence and leadership for your glory, whatever that capacity may be. Uh, what are some practical lessons that you learned as a dad, but also as you know, an educator yeah. of leaders uh, that you would say, OK, practically speaking, parents, you want to raise a leader. Here's some things you yeah. should consider. Well, first of all, they have to believe it about themselves, don't they? Uh, mm. Now, you're going to I have to give a little bit of a disclaimer here because I don't you know, I'm reading a book right now that's been out a few years entitled Atomic Habits. Forgive me. I don't have it on my desk right here. It's in. I was just sitting in a chair in the other room reading through it as part of my daily reading right now. It's not a Christian book, but it really is on the science of habits. It probably is going to impact me more as a parent. I'm only halfway through it. So if he in the second half, he talks about how he's a Satan worshiper and sacrifices cats or he worships the three headed goat God. Kind of with I'm halfway still. through. So yeah. anyways, anyways done. In, in cancel culture, you always got to kind of give your, <laughs> so you know, true. your caveat, you know, yeah, find out later um, that he was killing kittens on the side. Yeah, he was. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the, the one of the he's reiterating something that's a very biblical principle in, in his foundational in the premise of the book. And that is that our habits reflect our identity. And if you don't start with identity, your habits are are going to be just goal setting and goal setting never mm. changes anything over the mm. long term systems change things goal set goal setting does not um and all of the science you know and that's a big part of the book supports this premise even though it's a theological idea first and that is identity determines action identity mm-hmm. determines habits um i'm just seeing that from a social science perspective as well as yeah. i'm reading this book and I would say, so first and foremost, they got to believe that they're a leader as a redeemed individual, as a disciple of Jesus. God's called me to be salt and light. He's called me to be someone mm-hmm. who uses my creativity. He's called me to advance his mission. All of that has to do with influence. And so I, I, they got to believe it. And if they believe it, then they're asking the question, is this decision consistent with a Christian leader? Not should I, should I not? Is it consistent with? And that is a question that speaks to identity. So if our questions about how I engage life and culture and make my decisions that are going to determine much of my life, if those questions revolve around identity as opposed to just goals, um, I think that we've 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 set them up for a lifetime of health. Mm. Um, You know, you don't you don't you know, I don't 
I don't exercise. I'm, you know, I try to exercise as much as I can. I have a good little regiment routine, but I have to quit saying I exercise because I want to get healthy. No, no. I exercise because I'm a healthy person that wants to exercise. Right. You know, that's the, the difference. I, I, I want to do get what I healthy. am. Yeah. yeah I do what I, I am. do what I am model. And I find that a lot of students try to define themselves more by their actions. Yeah. Um, or we even try to do that as our parents. Like, you know, he's yeah. really good at this or he's really good at that. So my kid's going to be this kind of guy. But if again, if we're just speaking in the identity, then it flows from that. That's really good. Um, so how do you. That's number one for me. That's number one. And if it's number one, everything else is like a huge like backseat thing. That's you can get that idea down first. That identity fuels action. Then then mm-hmm. gosh, you're, as a parent, you're light years ahead. So most of your conversations then with your kids are probably more identity conversations then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from that identity conversation, they can almost self-motivate. They can, they can self-motivate. Like yeah. Yeah. When you Well, they, let's think about it this way. When you understand your identity, I mean, can we not say this as Christians? When you understand your identity, you never run out of motivation. No, you should never. And, and, you know, so, yeah, if they can, if they can, if, if, if the questions of life, if the ethic of living and engaging, especially as it pertains to influence, which is our discussion today, if my ethic of engaging culture for the purposes of influence, mm-hmm. influence and culture for the glory of God is based on identity, man, I'll never run out of reasons. I'll never run out of motivation. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and that's, yeah. That's even as simple as years ago when I decided to be, you know, a leader and influencer to whatever God would give me capacity. It was the desire that I was going to do it with excellence because it was for the glory of Jesus Christ. And the glory of Jesus Christ is what motivates me because nothing else is worthy than excellence, you know, for him. And so out of that identity of belonging to him, it flows and it flows. And so that's really what we want our kids to understand is you belong to Christ and who he is and his character is where your leadership flows. So then how do you empower uh, your kids to go out and do that? Um, Because I feel like there's this tension between parents of my kid's not ready for that, um, which may or may not be true, but then there's also, but I want to empower them to do it as well. So how do you balance that as a parent? That's a great question. That's a great question. First of all, I would be arrogant to say that there's one way that works for every parent because Mm -hmm. every kid is different and every parent's different. Right. But I will say there are some general kind of correlating ideas that seem to be adaptable from parent uh, child to parent child situation. Um, uh, One of the ways that I empower my own kids is that if you're going to be involved, if you're in our family, you've got to be involved in something outside of this house. Mm. And you get a lot of freedom about what that is. But you've got I want you involved in your community. I, I if, if it's if it's a sport. OK, cool. They can be a sport. If it's you know, like I have a daughter who is very intelligent and she takes she takes after her mom. But she's she's graduating high school early. She's going to get done with college early. And she's getting her zoology degree and her um, her thing is animals. We live in Florida and she's concerned about a lot of the animals that are not taken care of and people take exotics in and they can't care for them and all all that mess. So she's volunteering or she's in a student internship program at our local zoo, which partners with the University of Central Florida and all that works together for 
her education, but she's focusing now on, okay, conservation efforts in my community. Wow. Uh, my son loves sports. He plays, one of my sons plays uh, a football, high school football, but it's the off season. So he's doing workouts and he's volunteering mm-hmm. to referee little kids, get, uh, the uh, little seven on seven flag football games that are going on. That's him being involved in his community. Yep. Yep. Um, I got a daughter that's involved with something at church where they bake cookies for uh, elderly people or that or some or yeah, it's elderly people this month. It changes month to month who they bake for. But I think this week it's elderly people who are in nursing homes. They're going to deliver those, do things like that. Yeah. So you got to be involved. Number one, um, you're involved because of who you are. Right. You don't. we aren't blessed so that we can go. That's number right. one. Number two. You get the sun has to hit your skin every day. I know this sounds basic, but when it comes to us, when it comes to us influencing out there, if we're we got to get the sun needs to hit our skin every day. And what I mean by that is I want you outside. Right. I want you to go outside and play. I want you to go outside. And we have a bunch of farm animals. Matter of fact, last night we had a calf born. So it's not hard to get everybody outside today. Everybody wants yeah, to see the everybody wants to go see brand the new, new calf, calf that's out yeah. there and tripping over itself and nursing off its mom and making those little moo-moo sounds and all that. Um, you know, he's making the moo-moo sounds. I'm over here going, show me the money. And that's right. uh, that's how much is he worth? Um, <laughs> got some, some kids uh, to college, right? That's what it's for, actually. Yeah, uh, we didn't have enough money to when we adopted three kids to send them all to college, and so my wife started a farm, and every bit of proceeds goes into an account yeah. for our three of our kids' college fund. But um, yeah, so I want them outside. What I've found is that they use their imagination, mm-hmm. they think about influence, they care about others more when they get outside and are active. So number one, you got to get out of the house and do something. But number two, I want the sun to hit your skin every day. And then number three, I want you to learn something every day. I want you to learn something new. All my kids journal. Some of them don't enjoy it, but they know they need to. All right. I want you to learn something new every single day. Right. And so they so a lot of that includes reading, but it doesn't always include reading. You know, some of it is uh, more discovery based where they're they're building things or I want them to learn though every day or some of it may be going out and you've got to figure out how to like I've got a a, a cow pen that's down and I know I know how to fix it but I'm not telling my son how to fix it I'm making him learn how to fix it that's right so I'm letting him use YouTube tutorials and all this and he's got to buy certain screws from the hardware store down the street because some of the screws broke off over right. time and they're just cow it just happens so he's learning and he's going, dad, I'll go, Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you if you're on the wrong track and I'm going to tell you if you're, you're doing it, you're getting close and I'm going to pay for all of it. We'll go buy what you need, but I want you to figure there's something to figuring it out. So I want you to learn every single day. And then the other thing we do, and this will be the fourth and the last, I think it's fourth or fifth, whatever it is, but it's the last one is that we gather every morning. Mm. Right. And so, and I'm not the best at this cause I'm always on the road, but my wife is, is, Whew, a champ because she makes the hook or crook. This is happening every morning. We're in a circle. Everybody has different devotional material they go through. We're mm-hmm. sharing what the Lord's teaching us. But then also watch this. We're praying and listening for each other. And we're listening to each other. In other words, we're learning not just how to grow in our faith, but as we grow in our faith, we're learning how to have empathy for one another in our family. Mm. And if we can have empathy for one another, then I think that uh, it's going to prepare us to have empathy for 
other people that we will intersect with because in, in life that may get on our nerves because nobody gets on your nerves like a sibling. Yeah. And, and so, so we do that. So that's, so we gather together, we learn, sun touches our skin. We get outside every day and then we're involved in some activity outside of our house. And I love those four because, you know, leaders are learners. They're constantly trying to find something new so that they can be a better leader. And then you put them into practice, whether it's, you know, community sports or uh, a position of service at a church or um, learning zoology. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I love that. And it's so practical. And I think for parents, it's it's easy for us to overcomplicate teaching our kids leadership. but it's more of just like getting them out of the house, getting their attention mm-hmm. off themselves, putting them in a position where they can serve others. And then they'll find out ways to learn so they can serve others better. Yeah. To do what they're doing better. Brent, let me uh, finish out with this last question. Cause we're running a bit low on time here, but what is, let's say the greatest fear or challenge that parents face when they're raising a young leader? Is it that child would settle? Mm. Is it that child would choose average as opposed to excellence? That they would reject an identity that has been offered to them and they would live uh, as if someone who was seeking comfort on a regular. Um, That's my greatest fear. My greatest fear is not that my kids get hurt or don't have enough money or 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 fail a class in college or have a bad breakup with somebody. My greatest fear is that they just settle. Mm. That they go, yeah. I'm done asking that question. What would what would I based on my identity in Christ? How does this impact my influence in this moment? What decision should I make? That they would ask a different question than that. And I think just very quickly, the most damaging thing a parent can do for their child is to offer that child a paint by number approach to life. In other words, you do everything for them and they just have to show up. All you are is the chauffeur and they got to fill in the blanks or paint in that number. And, you know, I told you, our kids are very involved to settle when we do that. We teach them to settle when we do that. And but we're we got to also, while we want them out of the house and involved in things, we don't want them so much out of the house that they're not involved with their family. And so there's a balance there. And so I, uh, you got to let your kids discover, you got to let your kids get hurt. You got to let your kids try stuff. Uh, if your if your kids leave your home one day with no scrapes and bruises and scars, then you probably didn't do the parenting thing right, mm. you know? And Man, that's, so it's almost so countercultural now to what I run into as a, yeah. as a student pastor. It's how can I make it easiest for my kids so that my kid gets the best, you know, college or gets into the best job or even the best girlfriend sometimes. And how can yeah. I do all these things? And, I, you know, that's my biggest fear is that my kids would just settle that good enough would be OK rather than pursuing yeah. the best that God has for them. Yeah. And you, you know what we do? In an effort to be a good parent, and I'm not throwing shade on parents. I struggled with this at one point. Mm-hmm. We want them involved in everything. Oh, man. Why? Why? How does that make them better? How does that make them more productive? It just it, it just fills their busier. calendar, makes them busier, creates more anxiety, yeah. creates a higher pressure. I t- our kids know this. You get to choose one sport. You can't play three. I know that you won't have the letterman jacket at the end with all four 
three sports signals. You can't choose one. Yeah. Choose one. I don't even know where my little like, jacket's at. And play, you don't, and you're not playing it year round. I want you to have, I want you to have some time to play in the summer with your friends. And I want you to go learn to, to play this instrument over here during the spring. But, you know, and if you want to change what that sport is from year to year, you can, I don't care, but we're not going to saturate the schedule to the point where you can't have a clear, understandable paradigm about what it means to journey forward. Yeah. Well, Brent, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thanks for uh, just giving of yourself to our parents. Parents, I hope that you're just kind of really soaking in some of that. And especially that last part where I just, I feel like I'm probably going to hang out for the rest of the day just on not wanting my kids to settle and teaching mm-hmm. them to pursue excellence in everything they, they are. Because again, our identity is in Christ and mm-hmm. nothing but the best in Christ is good enough for him. So Brent, thank you so much. And thanks for uh, having me, buddy. Yeah. And uh, parents, you should definitely go to slulead.net and check out Student Leadership University. Seriously, best program I've ever been through. It's, it's slulead.com. slulead.com. Oh. Sorry. I would never interrupt you, bro, but it was. That's it was, okay. Yeah, dot com is important. Com. Yeah. So thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, thanks, parents, for tuning in. Parents, I hope you are really considering the truths that Brent spoke to this podcast. As parents, we need to be raising leaders uh, from our children to speak into the culture, to speak wisdom into our society. Uh, If we don't do this, who will? If the Christians don't raise up leaders for tomorrow, someone else will. Someone else will figure out how to raise up leaders, and it won't be from a Christian perspective. It won't start at the feet of Jesus. And what we will do is just in omission, allow our culture to angle further and further away from God. And honestly, it's because we're not leading and it's because we're not raising our children to lead. So parents, please take up this mantle. Please take up this cause to raise leaders of your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Life Podcast today. If uh something about this conversation spoke to you, please reach out. If you have any questions about me or my ministry, you can go to jasonstanlin.com. For more information about Fruit Cove Baptist Church and her ministries, please go to fruitcove with a v.com. These links are available in the bio and in the descriptions. If you would like to submit a question or response or anything to the podcast, you can email me at parentlife, all one word, at fruitcove.com. May you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, Colossians 1.9, and I will see you next week.